strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute, we're going to review one of our foundational single leg exercises, and that is the K-Box Split Squat. Just like with the squat, guys, make sure you got that tether taunt when you're at full extension, and set yourself a counterbalance. Here we're going to use the barbell on the rack. Sink it down just like a regular split squat, chest tall, and drive through that front foot. I really like that back plate there to take tension off that back toe. As we progress forward, that's going to be big time to help us even keep our weight forward more. As we increase intensity and decrease volume, we're also typically cutting depth, therefore increasing transfer when we're looking at stopping power at a greater height. Guys, give this one a shot. I'm sure that this is one that you're going to find some great carryover for your athletes. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of getting to sit down with the University of Mary's Mike Silbernagel and discussing building a program from the ground up as a mentor. Mike's in a really unique position coaching in Division II, and this has helped him build a program and become a better mentor to young coaches based off necessity of needing them as assistants to help better the student-athletes that he gets to work with every day. And Mike shares with us all the ins and outs and ups and downs of it. He's going to start out by sharing with us a few different things that they've done to help build the culture to support the weight room and build the culture within the weight room and how important that's been to their expansion. This includes support from the sport coaches, administrators, and the student-athletes. He then starts talking about different steps in their curriculum when it comes to developing these young coaches, and this starts from the first day these kids are on campus all the way through when they're training teams full-time to their exit and getting them positions on their way out. He then talks about how having coaches set goals when they're working for him in order to help keep them on task moving forward and a better progress has been a really big assistant in him assisting these young people to develop as coaches. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Mike, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we were talking a little bit off camera, and this is going to be a a little curveball for people. I think that this is going to be a pretty interesting topic that might do what we're trying to do, man, and that's drive conversation. But before we get into the meat and potatoes, Mike, let's let uh, let everybody know, you know, who you are, where you're at, and how you got there. Um, well, Mike Silbernagel uh, is my name. Um, 
originally from the state of North Dakota. I'm currently at the University of Mary, a Division II school in Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, was at Colorado State prior to this for six years and uh, started my career at the University of North Dakota as a graduate assistant and did my undergrad, played some football at, at NAIA school in, in Valley City, North Dakota. Um, so that's a little bit about a kind of back history of what I've done. I love it, man. So let's let's get right into this. You know, you guys at a Division II institution, you're you're at a at an interesting kind of setup, where you're you're having a lot of turnover and you're bringing in young coaches almost yearly. And what we were talking about before we got into this was kind of the role of us older heads now when it comes to being the mentors. So let let's get into that. Let's talk about first of all why this sort of became or when this kind of became a, a new focus for you. Because I think that for a lot of us, it's always been about, I want to be the best coach. I got to be the best coach. I got to learn this. I got to do that. But the give back is something that usually has a situation that it like, it clicks for you. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing when I got here, they didn't have an apartment and that was one of the draws uh, to come to this university is I got to, create it from the ground up. But the negative side of that is I had zero help. And you get to realize really quick that without good help, life becomes really challenging. Like you can get by, right? And you can do the whole 12, 14 hour day stuff that, you know, everyone talks about. But man, by Friday, that 14th hour on Friday, your your fuse is burnt near a, a puddle of mush. Well, when we started having the ability to have interns and grow it to GAs, what could I give back to them? Like I was very fortunate. I think I have people in my corner. As I mentioned the places I've been before that, that uh, gave me guidance sometimes in ways that uh, I didn't see as guidance at the time. Right. Because each generation has a different understanding of what their development's like. Right. Like we didn't have Instagram and social media when I started out as a strength coach in 03. It was, I mean, I remember when some websites were literally looked like a typewriter. And it was blue hyperlinks, and that's how you got your information. And um, if you didn't have a book or couldn't go see the speaker, you had a really tough time learning stuff. Uh, so now the best way for me to grow our profession is to put out quality coaches and to put them in a situation to where in our, our environment they have to be assistant coaches, whether they're an intern or a GA, I'm going to treat you as if you're in a full-time role in some capacity. Like the standard has to be set and there's nothing more rewarding than taking a step back and seeing someone who's been through your process, be successful past that. And then they end up being a feeder system, you know, for future GAs and interns, etc. Dude, you know, and I think that what's the best part about that is like, again, you know, you're talking like you're starting 03. I started here in January 04. I was a GA in 03, but that's how it used to be. Like people like to sit here and be like, oh, well, just because that's how it used to be, that doesn't mean how it should be. In some senses, yeah, you're right. But there's no, you know, as a guy who puts out podcasts and books and seminars and online content, the whole idea of if you ain't coaching, you don't know what you're doing is really important. And having the ability to do that is huge, but even bigger is having the trust in the young people 
to do that as well and to give them that leash to run a little bit. Well, we like to have what I refer to, you know, the booked economy of leadership. I'm, I'm a huge fan of and, and Jocko stuff, but he talks about freedom within structure, right? So we're not just throwing these kids out there going, hey, figure it out. We're giving them some guidelines, but freedom within the guidelines to, to understand what we're trying to do. And we're setting them up for success while choosing what failures I'm okay with letting them have. Because they have to fail in order to learn, right? So it's going, hey, I know this program's not going to go as smooth as they want to, the way the room is designed or the flow, but I'm going to let them struggle through it and then come back and go, okay, how could that have gone better? And usually they are the ones who come up with the answer, right? And I can just go, yep, or hey, have you thought of that? Rather than constantly stopping them before the mistake happens. You know, in many ways, I've got two little boys and I didn't realize how parenting and mentoring young coaches is a lot of similarities, right? You can be that hover parent, right? Or the lawnmower parent. Now they're talking about this knocks down everything that can go in their way. Same thing as a, as a mentor, in my opinion. We can make the path as easy as we want to for these guys and make sure that they don't fail and they make sure that we look good all the time, you know, because if they look good, we look good, right? So at the same time, though, they don't grow as well as they could. And now they're going to go to a different situation and then they're going to fail. And, and I always tell them, hey, you're going to like me now or you're going to like me later, right? And if you like me now, I probably didn't set you up for success later. And if you like me later, that meant you can look back and go, wow, that was, that was really something that helped me along the way. A hundred percent, man. And I think that what's really cool in those situations is that it's kind of like when you get that one little troubled player who you, you, you're like, you're real close with, right? You're real close to getting them to turn that corner and and those, you know, you were right conversations that, that seem to happen all too often when you uh, run into them again. Yeah, I think it's, you know, but they also have to know that you have their back, right? Like you said, that troubled player, it's the same thing. They, they need to know that if we're in a meeting, you know, and we've all had it. I've been on the other side of it where a head coach isn't happy with what an assistant or what the GA is doing. And now they want to bring the head person in to talk to them, right? Because they think they're going to take their side. Well, we have they, the GA and the, the assistant strength coach, you know, now that I'm a head guy, they have to know that I have their back in those situations. And that's going to allow them to have the confidence to do what they need to along the way as well. Yeah, man. So then let's talk about some of these experiences and, and how you built it. So, you know, again, in, in a situation where you're able to be able to do this and something that I think that a lot of coaches nowadays are probably a little bit um, reserved when it comes to being in that situation. Let's talk about how you've built this program. Let's talk about some some things that, that Mike has had some really good success with where coaches out there who are looking to develop a larger staff in a way that's feasible. Um, because contrary to Twitter's belief, we can't pay everybody $40,000. Um, like how can we do this? How can we, we build these programs so we are, like you said, we're setting them up for success later so that we can we can be that launching pad. Uh, you know, I think some of the things is, is having the same standard no matter what team you're working with, right? And we have a department standard. When our staff members come in, it doesn't matter who they are, we talk about 
we have a, a big billboard like most people do in their weight room, right? And it says, our says Marauder Strength. And I'm stealing this from a former softball coach uh, here that, that made this. It's bigger than us in this aspect. We have a giant hill that we drive up to get to our university. And the coach mentioned, hey, if, if I get an accident and I pass away due to that car accident, our program's living on. Like, it's not me, right? And we try to sell that selling point to our staff. Listen, whether we're here or we're gone, Marauder Strength Conditioning, Humane Strength Conditioning is going to be here. So we have to understand that it's about a group dynamic and it's about an apartment. It's not about, did I have my best day? Did I get to do what I wanted? You know, uh, it, it's not a me, me, me thing. It's a we thing, right? So we start off, everyone has the same terminology, right? And I've taken that from a previous mentor of mine to where the whole department runs things similar to where we're interchangeable because there is no such thing as a substitute strength coach, right? You have a sick day, you're not calling in the reserves. So if something happens, I have a meeting, uh, coworker has a meeting, we can just interact and interchange and the, the students aren't going, hey coach, what's this exercise? And you're like, well, I think it means this. Like we eliminate all confusion from that aspect. That makes our head coaches realize that no matter who they have on our staff, they're getting the same quality of service. It's not this team gets that and that team doesn't. It's we're all in one and we're all here to help, right? And we're going to go to the sporting events and things like that. Um, my staff grew because of support from our head coaches. Like I said, when I was by myself and, and doing these things, I actually had head coaches at the end of the year, you know, say, hey, we need to get you more money. Like, what can we do to keep you here? And I was like, hey, can you just go and mention how extra eyeballs would be awesome? Right. If there's a way that we could do that. And we had, I'm fortunate we had coaches who did it and that's how our staff grew. Um, and then we took advantage. I don't know if it's at every level, but division two level has a, a, a minority grant uh, that the university can apply for. And we applied for it and we were able to utilize it to help pay that uh, stipend to get a full-time assistant position going. So we utilized resources that were available that uh, I didn't go to administration going, Hey, I need you to put the bill for a, you know, $40,000 a year job, we found an alternative to where some of it got paid for. It was going to help grow the profession while also adding staff. And those have been ways that have been, have been huge for us. Well, finding that support through the coaching staff, I mean, worth its weight in gold, you know, to be able to get them to fight the fight for you is a, is a huge assistant. Yeah, and that, and that came from, I mean, I knew when I got here that the first couple of years were a challenge, right? You, It would have been easy to say, hey, I'm, I've, I've put in my time, I'm leaving uh, in terms of hours in a day or, or not treating everybody the same, but that goes a long ways. Like every kid that walks into our weight room knows that we are doing whatever we can for them given the situation. Uh, not every team wants to train at 6 a.m. Not every team wants to train at 6 p.m. Not every kid wants to go around class schedule, but our facilities and our size, we try to also explain to those guys that, hey, at different times of the year, there's going to be different sacrifices and different ebbs and flows in the process, and that created buy-in. And, uh, you know, this has nothing to do with building the staff, with building the culture. We started selling T-shirts when I first got here. And a lot of it had to do with they were wearing every other university other than the sun other than ours. And uh, one of the coolest moments was a few years later, I got a text message from my wife who was downtown uh, working. She's like, I just saw eight Marauder Strength t-shirts in town. 
right? Like they started taking pride in what we were doing. And then like you mentioned with social media, we started growing it because that's where they're at. The kids are on there. So finding a way to do those things uh, matter. Dude, no doubt. Cause you gotta, you gotta meet them where they're at and you've got to give them something to be proud of. Like, I think that it's like cool. It's like cool, right? That, that like you could sit here and maybe do like before and afters or whatever that is. But like, that's one reason why like for a while I've kind of really kept the reins in on like putting out gear for, for some of the kids that I get to work with. Cause it's like when it finally happens, it's going to be like that F yeah moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've, we've got it now. We, it's almost become like uh, every year we have 100 t-shirts for sale at the beginning of the fall. And that money goes into our fundraising account. And now we even have alumni who will contact me when the school year starts because they want the latest shirt. And we've now done limited quantities. You know, it's kind of cool from that aspect, right? Seniors graduate and they're like, man, I wish I would have bought a shirt in year two because I got all the other shirts. And it's it's really created a, a fun uh, piece to it to where it's, it's taken on its own, you know, little, little following in a weird way. That's rad, dude, because it's almost then like not just the pride aspect, but it's almost like an heirloom slash collectible. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because we get, you know, the shirt really hasn't changed much. The logo is pretty much the same on the front. We put a different quote in the back, but uh, you know, they want the different, different color, the different quote, the different, but they, they all have it tied in with memories, which is also fun when alumni come back and start talking about that. And, and then that obviously creates the buy-in from the new kids, right? When they see all these other people excited about it. And all of a sudden they, that instantly sparks a let's go. This matters. Let's have some fun with it. No doubt. Now, kind of want to spin it back a little bit here because I think that, you know, the the experience that you're providing for these young people, like, like I think that that's rad when it comes to like what you're doing with the shirts and building this camaraderie within the room. But I also think that what you're doing here with your staff is super duper important because, you know, back in the day when you were a GA, like when I was at Indiana State, like I had baseball and women's soccer and helped with track and football and men's and women's basketball. Now people look at it and they think that going to a GA position, you need to go to a power five and maybe kind of just a half paid intern. Um, so let's talk about your GA experience because I think people need to hold a little bit more value in what you're providing for these people because they're coaching. You know, so when our GAs get here, we, we like to get them here in, in June and division two rules are a little bit different. All we can do is basically monitor workouts. We can conduct fall sports, but nothing's mandatory. So it allows a little bit of a downtime to where we can get them acclimated to, to what we do, right? Our terminology, we'll put them through, one of our programs, right? They'll train with us, me and the full-time assistant, uh, Danielle Radosa, who's here right now. She's been awesome. And that allows them to get a comfort zone and get their feet wet without really having much struggle. So during the summer, if we're able to, to work with a fall sport, one day I'm just going to hand them the workout and say, all right, you're leading today. No, absolutely zero prep work, right? 
And I know that our athletes are good enough, right? The kids who are staying in the summer, they're just going to do what they're supposed to do, no matter if they, they use the wrong terminology, et cetera. It's kind of fun to see because you'll see upperclassmen look at me like, uh, yeah, they, they missed that. But it also allows the GA to learn in a comfortable environment first. Then we start going over our programming. You know, we get to July, we start going over what's going to happen in August and what teams they're going to have. And we try to break it up to where every every coach has a fall sport, a winter sport, and a spring sport. So they don't get overwhelmed, right? You don't have two off-season teams at the same time. You never have really two in-season teams at the same time. If you do, it's kind of an overlap, right? Like one's finishing and one's starting up. So it allows you to kind of keep your feet wet. Um, we will videotape our coaches, right? Because you'll ask them how day one went. And they're like, oh, day one went awesome. And then you're like, well, I was sitting in the corner not saying anything because I videotaped you. And how many times did you give coaching feedback? Uh, well, not as much as I, I guess I could have. I go, where were you standing in the room? Did you see this over here? How could you do this better? And we try to get those kids to grow in that process. And you can say, coach, they're, they're 22, 23, sometimes older, they're not kids. Well, I was a kid too. I still consider myself a kid in that weight room. It's our, our candy store. So it's not meant to be a negative. But we, we put them in situations where they have to have meetings with coaches. And uh, before they have the meeting with the coach, they kind of give us a dry run, right? Like, what do you think coach might talk to you about, et cetera? What are you prepared for the meeting for? Because I realized a lot of them would just go over to the meeting unprepared and then come back to shell shock, right? They, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. So we try to get their feet wet. Um, the first semester, two weeks prior to implementing the program, they got to run it by me. Just kind of like a dry run. What's your why? Okay, why are you doing that? What's next? What could potential problems be? And by the time they get into their second year as a GA, it's, hey, show me your annual plan and what your concepts are and, and make it happen, right? And I think you've been coaching long enough as well. I can tell you what times of year GAs are going to make mistakes. It's almost human nature. Like at this mark of the semester, we're going to have a setback. I don't know what the setback is, but there's going to be one. At this time of their first year, there's going to be another setback. And this time, their second year, they're going to start freaking out because they realize the real world's coming up really quick. Like, and that's helped because now we can kind of ease them through that and really try to set them up uh, to be successful past year. I love it, man, because I think, again, putting them in a situation where they have to understand how to coach and how to handle these things is priceless because going into like you said the real world which i don't know if we are in the real world or not but that's a whole nother conversation where they now have to deal with sport coaches deal with administration deal with everything else associated with it if you haven't even coached like how can you tick those other boxes uh, 100%. So I guess I should have backtracked. One of the first things to do is I have them write their goals out for me. And what they don't realize is it's not just for me to see what their goals are. It's my ammunition in the future. So when they're mad at me because I didn't allow the standard to be met, I'm like, hey, you told me you want to be an assistant strength coach. Or you told me you want to be a head strength coach someday. I'm holding you to your own standard. Right? You didn't say I want to not be very good. Right? You didn't say I want to barely get by. You told me where you want to get to. And I'm just using your own words against you at this point, right? Like I'm, I'm pulling them out. I've had a meeting 
where I've pulled out that sheet, you know, nine months in and I've slid it over and I'm like, do you remember writing this? Like, I'm just holding you to your own standard and your own goals. And that's really helped because then they take a deep breath and they're like, oh yeah, I did say that. Right. Like you're correct. You, I see what you're trying to do now. And uh, that's been huge in the growth aspect as well. Has it ever backfired? Not yet. <laughs> and I say that because there's always a chance, right? Like nothing, wood over nothing here never you. perfect. Yeah. No, because I think that like, I think above that too, because I think that's brilliant, you know, to be able to sit there and be like, like we, we ask our guys all the time, like, don't you want to be good? Like, how good do you want to be? Like, if you, if you want to be good, like these are the like, start here, do that, move forward, sleep, eat, blah, blah, blah. All the things that if we had a nickel for, we could do this for free. You know, we've said them so many times to kids. Um, but that having them tell you, bringing that back out as a reminder um, is brilliant. And on top of that, it could also be a situation where because a lot of kids that go through GAs end up not, especially in interns, end up figuring out that maybe this isn't for them. Yep. So that learning situation in a positive and a negative could save somebody a lot of headaches. I can't believe I'm going to reference a Disney movie, but you know, you got kids, you've watched them all. It, it, the movie Inside Out, right? You can't have happiness without sadness. And I'm trying to get our staff to understand that you can't truly experience joy of the profession without the struggle of the profession. Right. And there's, there's, you don't get to see a kid that walks in that can't even front squat the bar, right. Or do a chin up. Sometimes you get more excited about that kid. The first time they can do a chin up, right? Like the kid that comes in and can knock out 10 and then can do 12. You're like, okay, great. But the kid that goes from zero to one, you almost like want to have a party because it, you got to see the struggle occur, that, that light bulb go off. And that's the fun part, I think, with these younger coaches for me, is when you see the light bulb start going off and flicker, and you take a step back and you're like, man, I wish I would have videotaped you, you know, in your interactions, because you are a completely different person right now and I couldn't be happier for you. I love it, dude. I love it. You can't experience the joy of the profession without the struggle of it. I think it's as simple as that. You know, we, we focus too much on what we think the profession should be, right? And how we think the progression should go. I, no progression's ever the same. There, there's ebbs and flows to every aspect of it. No uh, game plan works the exact same every single time, right? Like coaches make adjustments at halftime and no one thinks anything of it. Why can't we make adjustments with our staffs, with our uh, thought process, whether that's reading books, Ooh. talking to people, and people not freaking out over it? I mean, you and I both started roughly at the same time. I'm sorry. I look back at programs that I wrote in 03, and I'm going, okay, there's some similarities there. But at the same time, what was I thinking? You know, and, and rather than being chastised for something, why not go, hey, that's normal progression. You actually learned. You got smarter. You're not going to make the same mistakes. And my situation to my staff is I don't want you to make my same mistakes because you're going to be better than I was when you came out. You know, you're not going to be as good as I am right now. Let's be honest. You're just starting. I've got – X amount of years of the profession, but you can be better at year two than I was at year two, which means by the time you get to my experience level, if you keep progressing, you're going to be better than me. And that's my goal. I want you to be better than I am. 
right? Every step along the way in, you know, sorry, I'm getting a little bit fired up about it, but that, that's how passionate I am. Like, don't be afraid to make that commitment to an individual and, and to put them first. Totally, dude, because they've got to be able to make the same knucklehead moves that we made so that they understand that they're knucklehead moves and that if they can learn from our knucklehead moves, hopefully then they can make uh, better knucklehead moves later and continue that ball rolling. And I think that's something that, you know, social media, teaching them the ins and outs of social media. I was anti it for the longest time and then realized that, hey, there's there's some benefit to it. If you told me I'd be doing a podcast, Jay, I would have started laughing at you when I first got into this thing, right? Like, A, we didn't know what it was, but B, like, who am I to, to make these comments? Well, now it's what can, what information can we put out that's educational? What can we put out that helps tell people what you're doing, right? Like just communicate to our student athletes. We had our, a meeting with one of our teams last night and I'm like, Hey guys, I wish I could meet with you for an hour a day talking about recovery methods, nutritional options, etc. We don't have that luxury here. Follow us on social media to get some of those things. And then telling our staff that, Hey, social media, you grew up with it. That's great. Use that as a strength, not a weakness. Stop posting things that maybe seem the wrong way from a, uh, you know, stop posting personally and maybe start posting professionally, right? Making your profiles more of a living resume and a living document rather than something that you're just using to, to socialize with other friends from high school or from college, but actually make it something meaningful. And that's been something cool to see my staff grow in as well. And even myself, like I never thought we'd be doing some of the things we're doing when we got into it. Yeah. And it's not to say that you can't post the picture of you and your friends at dinner, right? Because like the first word is social, but I think that the one thing that, you know, people run into is it's like, if you are trying to have a professional aspect to it, you have to be willing to be judged professionally by it. And just understand that everything out there, one way or another, people are going to comment on, right? Like even doing this, some people might be like, hey, that was cool. Other people like he's off his rocker. Okay, right? You just got to be okay with whatever's going to come down the pipe. And 100%. But to follow that, the people that are going to keep saying that things are off their rocker or they, you're bad, I'm bad, everyone's bad, these things stink, everything's awful, you know, kind of the um, – I don't know if we can use this term anymore, but like back in the nineties and the early two thousands, we'd call them Debbie downers. Um, like if, if they're just a, a Debbie downer, then who cares? But if there's somebody who's going to start a conversation to help us find a better way to do things, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Anthony Saletti uh, tweeted like, 2020 is the year to stop complaining and start coming up with solutions. Like there's, there's nothing. And Jeff Moyer's going to laugh when he hears this. So hopefully he does. There's nothing that grinds my gears more than the, uh, the sky is falling tweet or the, these people are awful tweet or, you know, this is a problem with what we do. Like, well, well, how do you fix it? It's like, Oh, the wheel fell off the car. All right. So you're just going to leave it there. Or are you going to call AAA, bro? Like, what are you going to do? Like, and that's why I love about what you guys are doing, man, is it's like, 
hey, all of your problems that you guys are talking about, we don't mentor people right. We don't provide things for people that we maybe aren't able to compensate as they possibly should. Building culture, which we still don't even know what that means. Like, people forget that all of these things that we used to do, that we did when we were GAs and assistant coaches, all that, because now people are moving into these bigger positions where it's more about the arms race. And that's why what you guys are doing is so important. And people need to take note of that because that's what this was built on, man. Like the foundation of what we do, like these are the things and this is what's important. And we need to get back to that. Not, Oh, what are your GPS numbers? It's like, how do you build coaches? It, you know, some of the things that we've reinvented even this year, we read as a staff now and not, we don't have set meetings. Like I don't have time to have an hour meeting with my coaches. We have a group chat and if something needs to be addressed, it's addressed or we meet on the fly uh, type of a situation, whether that's in the hallway or in between a lifting group. But what we've really done is tried to educate ourselves and get different viewpoints within that because you and I read when we started. So I was, like I said, it was the only thing there, right? So now we, I've gone back and started reading books to, sh not to tell them what they're doing right or wrong, but to show them where I'm coming from. Like, this is where our information came from, right? Like, I didn't make this up, okay? And we're taking some from this person, some from that person, and we're making this recipe that we're trying to, you know, have this awesome outcome at the end. Sometimes it is, sometimes it needs a little tweaking. But don't think that I just am pulling this stuff out of thin air, and let's start reading some some older school stuff or some science and sometimes it's sports psychology. And, but let's talk about it and find out not just the highlighted information, right? Like not like the Twitter bullet point, right? But what is the actual meaning of this chapter or the meaning of this concept? And how can we use that concept in our setting when we don't have Tendo units? And they're talking about bar speed, right? Well, guess what? They didn't have Tendo units forever. Like how did a coach judge bar speed before? And I'm not saying it's as simple as is it going fast or not, but, but look, and those are the things that we're trying to also create is looking back at the past and thinking some of those things that you and I did coming up and reinventing it because it's just not as commonplace anymore while integrating newer style as well, right? Still using who to follow on social media and who to talk to at a conference, but also doing the, the reading and, and researching as well. I love it, man. Mike, this is absolutely killer stuff. Where can people see more about what you guys are doing up there? Uh, right now on on Twitter, on Instagram, at uh, youmarystrength, um, youtube.com slash maraudersstrength. I'm sorry, it's not all the exact same. We're, we're working on it. Um, they can reach out to me on, on any social media platform. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Coach Silby, and we'll do our best to get back to you and, and keep this thing rolling. Absolutely awesome stuff, man. We'll make sure all that's in the notes. Mike, this is killer. I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us today. This is sensational. Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, we'll be in touch real soon, brother. Sounds good. Good luck. Thanks, man. And a huge thanks to the University of Mary's Mike Silbernagel for spending the time with us today. Guys, just some open, honest, candid sharing from a coach who's really doing it, man, who's really building a program and helping coaches get better and driving, you know, the betterment of this profession as we move forward. He's doing all the things to help people with all the things that are complained about on social media. 
I cannot thank Mike enough for what he's doing up there for the profession, for the young people, and his open, honest, candid sharing with us today. And guys, make sure you're on Twitter and Instagram following at U-M-A-R-Y-S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H. That's you, Mary Strength. Make sure you give them a follow so you can keep up with everything that they're doing up there. And Mike, keep up the great work, man. Really happy to see everything you guys are doing. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. As always, guys, we're just trying to get the best information out to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.